In 2001, I had the incredible opportunity to represent Great Britain on horseback in the thrilling sport known as Le Trek. The journey took us all the way to the picturesque landscapes of Belgium, where the Junior World Championships were set to unfold. Upon arriving in Belgium, I was struck by the beauty of the countryside, with rolling hills and lush forests setting the stage for our adventure. The championship atmosphere was palatable as young riders from around the world gathered, each eager to prove their mettle. The competition days were a whirlwind of emotions. With my trusty horse by my side, we navigated through dense forests, crossed challenging terrains, and executed integral manoeuvres. The stakes were high, but the camaraderie among the riders was remarkable, as we shared a passion for this unique equestrian discipline. In the end, my determination and hard work paid off as I secured ninth position in the Junior World Championships. It was a moment of immense pride and accomplishment, not only just for me, but for my nation as well. Representing Great Britain in Lautrec was a dream come true, and the memories that adventure continue to hold a special place in my heart. I'm going to have to leave it to the listeners on what they thought that story was, but I can in fact tell you everyone, it was a truth. I did represent Great Britain at the age of 16. Right, let's go to number two now. So this one, I found myself in an extraordinary situation that almost seemed too incredible to be true. It was by chance encounter with the legendary footballer Eric Cantona, the iconic number seven for Manchester United from years gone by. Little did I know that this encounter would lead to an invitation that sounded like something out of a fantasy. As fate would have it, I crossed paths with Eric Cantona in a bustling cafe in Manchester. We struck upon some conversation, discussing the beautiful game, our shared love for football and the glory days of Manchester United. To my amazement, he extended an unexpected offer of invitation to play a charity match for Manchester United against a team we all know as Bolton Wonders. With my heart racing and in disbelief, I found myself donning the prestigious Manchester United jersey standing side by side with Cantona. Along with some other football legends, the roar of the crowd, the floodlights eliminating the pitch and the sight of Old Trafford's hollowed grounds left me in awe. And then came the moment that could only happen in the wildest of wild dreams. I not only scored once, but I managed to net a hat-trick of goals in the charity match. The cheers from the fans were deafening and I couldn't believe my luck as I celebrated each goal. While it might sound like a tall tale, this remarkable encounter with Eric Cantona and the unforgettable charity match against Bolton Wonders remains a cherished story, even if it stretches the boundaries of believability. Sometimes life has a way of surprising us all in the most incredible moments, even if they seem too outrageous to be real. Now that one was unfortunately a lie. Um, I wish I could have played for Manchester United or been involved in some sort of charity match, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. 
Working at a sandwich factory in Kilmarnock was an experience I'll never forget. While the job might not have sounded glamorous, it turned out to be one of the most enjoyable positions I've had in my life. The camaraderie among my work co-workers and the daily challenges of producing sandwiches made the job surprisingly satisfying. I vividly remember the day when things took an unexpected and chaotic turn. It was a few weeks before they had to let a group of us go due to circumstances beyond our control. The factory buzzed with the usual hustle and bustle as we assembled sandwiches, carefully layering ingredients and packaging them for distribution. Then it happened. A spontaneous food fight erupted in the factory like something out of a comedy movie. Bread slices flew through the air, sauces splattered in all directions, and pieces of chicken and egg meal became unexpectedly projectiles. Laughter filled the air as we all joined in on the impromptu food fight. For a brief moment, the factory transformed into a battleground of condiments and sandwich fillings. It was a break from the routine, a moment of pure, unalterated fun amidst the otherwise endurious environment. Sadly, the good times couldn't last forever. A few weeks later, as expected, we were informed that our time at the factory was coming to an end. Despite the short duration of my employment there, I was left with a treasure trove of memories. And that epic food fight remains one of my most unforgettable moments from my time at the sandwich factory. It was a job that taught me that even in the most unexpected places, you can find moments of joy and camaraderie. And of course, guys, believe it or not, that is an actual truth. I had three months uh, in a job at Sandwich Factory in Kilmarnock. Um, bit of a random job, but they made um, a few of us redundant um, after the sandwich company not doing that well. But there was one time where there was a massive food fight that broke out. Um, probably only lasted about half an hour or so, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Participating in Pop Idol, particularly its second season, was a truly unforgettable experience in my life. I had prepared diligently for my audition, practicing Benny King's iconic song, Stand By Me, countless times. However, when the day arrived to perform in front of the formidable panel of judges, my nerves got the better of me. As I stood there, the panel comprised of Pete Waterman, Foxy, Nicky Campbell, and of course the notoriously candid Simon Cowell. Now my heart raced, my voice wavered, the nerves took their toll, and I didn't deliver the performance I'd hoped for. It was a moment of both excitement and disappointment, as I realised I wouldn't be progressing to the later stages of the competition. While I may have regrets about my song choice and the outcome of my audition, my journey on Popeye 2 remains a cherished memory. It was the experience that I can look back on with a mix of nostalgia, lessons learned, and um, the sometimes face the challenges that we find moments of genuine excitement and fun, unforgettable encounters. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, that was true. I did audition for Pop Idol and I managed to get told by Simon Cowell that I was the worst act of the day. 
think if I, if I had gone for a better song choice that wasn't too difficult to sing, like uh, Mojo by, um, oh no, it was, yeah, it was Lady um, by Mojo, I think it was, um, then I probably would have had a more successful time. Right, we're going to do one more because as you can tell my voice is starting to sound a bit husky so I don't know how good this um, episode is going to come across but hopefully um, you've been able to understand me. So one day I had the unbelievable luck or misfortune of bumping into none other than the not so funny Jim Carrey himself. Now I've always been a fan of his as zany movies, especially Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I mean who can resist the hilarity of that film? But little did I know, my perception of Jim Carrey was about to take a nosedive. There I was, strolling down the bustling streets of Hollywood, when I spotted him, the man of slapstick comedy fame, Jim Arrogant Carrey, as I dubbed him after this encounter. At first, I was ecstatic, thinking I was about to meet the comedy legend. I couldn't help but approach him with a grin on my face. Oh, but what a mistake that was. As I extended my hand, out for a friendly handshake, Jim Arrogant Kerry just didn't shake my hand. He proceeded to perform an over-the-top handshake routine that included a triple somersault and a kazoo rendition of Happy Birthday. I stood there flabbergasted, wondering if I'd somehow wandered onto the set of a new Kerry movie. And then that was just the beginning. He launched into a monologue about how he could talk to animals like Ace Ventura and demonstrated by having a heated argument with a nearby squirrel about nut politics. Passerby stopped and stared, while some were in awe and others in confusion. Just when I thought it couldn't get any more bizarre, Jim Arrogant Kerry insisted we engage in a dance-off, complete with breakdancing moves that defied the laws of physics. By the end of it, I was left in a daze, questioning, questioning my reality. As I walked away from this surreal encounter, I couldn't help but think that perhaps Jim Carrey had taken his method acting a bit too far, and I, hadn't, I had stumbled into the craziest audition for his next comedy masterpiece. Or maybe, just maybe, it was a prank, an elaborate prank at that. And I'd just been cast as the unsuspecting straight man of his own real-life sitcom. Regardless, my perception of Jim Carrey had been forever altered and the line between comedy and reality had become hilariously blurred. So as much as I would love to meet Jim Carrey, unfortunately, that of course was a lie. I have never met Jim Carrey in my life, but I'm sure one day I will get to meet him and shake his hand. You never know. <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of today's episode for Chitty Chatter. I hope you liked it. It's something a bit different. Would I lie to you? We can do that again at some point if you liked it and you enjoyed it. Just drop a comment in the comments. But apart from that, all we have to say is goodbye for now.